This show is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Colbert Report, NPR, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, The Daily Show, The Progressive, The Rachel Maddow Show, Media Matters, Countdown with Keith Olbermann, and The Young Turks with a bonus video clip for our Apple, iOS, and Android app users from The Daily Show. We begin with a setback for opponents of the military's don't ask, don't tell policy, which bans gays from serving openly. Senate Republicans Tuesday voted down an effort to end the policy. Yes! We stopped the repeal in your face, gays, but not in a gay way. (laughs) Unfortunately, folks, unfortunately, don't ask, don't tell isn't going back in the closet easy. President Obama still wants to end it. A federal court in California recently found it unconstitutional. Even the man who signed it, Bill Clinton, is having second thoughts. When Colin Powell sold me on Don't Pass, Don't Tell, here is what he said it would be. Gay service members would never get in trouble for going to gay bars, marching in gay rights parades as long as they weren't in uniform. Unfortunately, gay people aren't gay just at gay bars and gay parades. Turns out they gay eat, they gay salute, they gay fire an M16. It's like they gotta gay everything up. But I say, I say there is a simple way to satisfy gay soldiers who want to serve openly and those who don't want openly gay soldiers to serve, and it brings us to tonight's word. When General Colin Powell convinced Bill Clinton to adopt Don't Ask, Don't Tell, he said that the military would not seek out gay soldiers so long as they don't flaunt their sexuality. But (laughs) opponents point to cases like dismissed Iraq war vet Major Mike Almy. For him, the policy turned out to be, don't ask, just read private emails, find evidence of homosexuality, order an official investigation, relieve of duty, terminate pay, forcibly escort off base, and don't tell. <laughs> so I can see, I can see why people might want to repeal it. Thankfully, Crimean War veteran John McCain calmly explained last week that it didn't happen. It's not the policy. The policy is don't ask, don't that's not the policy. <laughs> and the senator's right. The military never does anything that's not official policy. That's why <laughs> there has never been a secret war in Yemen or snatch and grab operations in Pakistan or a top secret assassination squad called Task Force 121. Now, if a tree falls in the forest, and there was no one around to see the elite force of secret attack beavers who took it down, there was no tree. And since, and since being a gay soldier, 
Since being a gay soldier also falls outside military policy, why not kill two birds with one stone? I say, <laughs> we transfer all of our gay soldiers to these non-existent units. Now, for years, for years, we've let gays be soldiers if they stayed in the closet. I say we flip it. Allow them to be openly gay, but they have to stay in the closet about being soldiers. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it, folks. Gay soldiers have the perfect training for secret missions. Many have been forced to lead a double life for years, making themselves invisible among a hostile population. They've had to <laughs> seamlessly, seamlessly adopt local customs, like pretending to have a favorite football team. I say, gays, you should be grateful that we've provided you with so many years of this elite training for those awkward Thanksgiving family dinners, well-meaning friends setting you up on blind dates, or buying you those classic fit dockers for your birthday. But, gays, here's the thing. If we're going to give you the honor of joining the Army's most respected top-secret units, you have to make a sacrifice. No one. And I mean no one can ever know about all the heroic and selfless things you do to protect our country. Because if they did, they demand you be allowed to serve openly in the military. And that's not the policy. Gold teeth and a curse for this town They're all in my mouth Only I don't know how They got out of here Turn me back into the By now, protesters are a common sight at President Obama's events. Lately, some of the most vocal protesters are gay rights activists. With the Justice Department's decision last week to appeal two court rulings that upheld gay rights, they believe they have a lot to complain about. NPR's Carrie Johnson reports. Last week, the gay rights group Get Equal followed the president to a fundraiser in Miami at the waterfront home of basketball star Alonzo Mourning. The group unfurled 10-foot banners in view of the White House motorcade and blew noisemakers from boats circling the party. Heather Cronk, one of the leaders, compares the protest to a military campaign. We staged uh, air, land, and sea actions. <laughs> Kronk wants the president to stop disciplinary action against gay members of the military who violate the don't ask, don't tell policy that bars openly gay people from serving. And she's urging activists to withhold money to political candidates who disagree. I think it's because we're desperate. We've been told by the president that he's a fierce advocate for LGBT equality, but we have yet seen uh, very little evidence of that. The president, who supports the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, had hoped to let the Pentagon steer a slow but steady process to get rid of it. But the courts didn't follow the president's timetable, and that's taken a toll on Mr. Obama's relationship with gay activists who helped elect him. Well, it's been a rocky relationship, certainly to say the least. Richard Saccharides advised President Bill Clinton about gay rights issues. 
gay and lesbian voters were enthusiastic supporters of President Obama when he ran for office, and he made uh, some significant promises to the gay constituency about what he would do when elected president. And largely, he's been unable to deliver on those so far. There are three main promises: first, repeal "Don't Ask, Don't Tell"; second, overturn the Defense of Marriage Act, which defines marriage as between a man and a woman; and third, pass a federal law to guarantee private companies can't discriminate against gay employees. Last week, the Obama administration signaled it would appeal pro-gay court rulings that found "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" and the Defense of Marriage Act unconstitutional. To gay rights groups, that's two strikes against the White House. But Patricia Millet, a former Justice Department lawyer, says these activists don't get it. Well, one of the things people don't understand is that、uh, the Justice Department's obligation, number one on its job description, is to defend the constitutionality of duly enacted acts of Congress. She says the only time the Justice Department refuses to defend a law is in cases involving a clash of power between the executive branch and Congress, or when a law is so clearly unconstitutional that there's really no reasonable argument to make for it. You know, in the long term, it balances out because administrations change. And Millet says you want the people who follow you in office to give your laws the same respect. For instance, the Bush administration legally defended the Family and Medical Leave Act, one of President Clinton's signature pieces of legislation, and the same could prove true for the Obama health care law and financial reforms that seem headed for the Supreme Court. Mr. Obama told an MTV audience that "Don't ask, don't tell" is on the way out. This is not a question of whether the policy is in、uh, will end. This policy will end, and it will end on my watch. But I do have an obligation to make sure that I'm following some of the rules. I can't simply ignore laws that are out there. But Sakharides, the gay rights advocate, has followed Washington long enough to take a pragmatic view. If we don't have a partner in Washington. In Barack Obama to advance a civil rights agenda, we'll find other people to work with until we get one. Congressional Democrats have said they could take up the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" repeal and another measure that would protect the employment status of gay workers during the lame duck session this winter. But Get Equal, whose supporters have followed the president at appearances all over the country, is advising activists to keep their protest banners handy, just in case they have another disappointment. Carrie Johnson, NPR News, Washington. Play my enemies like a game of chess where I rest. No stress, stress. if you don't smoke cess. Less, I must confess, my destiny's manifest in some cortex and sweats. I make tracks like I'm homeless. Here's your first quote. Yesterday, if you were in and you were out, you were in. Today, if you're out and you're in, you're out. That was former Senator Fred Thompson about the back and forth in court on what policy this week. Don't ask, don't tell. Exactly right. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> the U.S. law preventing gays from serving openly in the U.S. military used to be known as "Don't ask, don't tell." Now it's called "Mother May I." 
I'm gay. Can I enlist? On Tuesday of this week? Yes, you may. On Thursday? No, you may not. The Army wants gay soldiers one day, doesn't want them the next day. I think that the Army might be bisexual. <laughs> I think the Army's just playing hard to get. Right? You can come in. No, you can't. Well, we, or it could be that the Army is just experimenting. It's going through a phase. I know. <laughs> it's the Army's college. Yeah. yeah. The Army is a sophomore at Wellesley. Who yeah. knew? <laughs> The patterns of my temperament It's the nature, the experiment That's taken me in increments Well, halfway up the bracket The rain comes through my jacket I know you've seen there's these great public service announcements uh, that fight bullying against gay teens, and the one that was released last Wednesday really caught my eye. Bullying has led to an epidemic of LBGT teen suicides. What's convincing these kids that things won't get better? Look around. Our political and religious leaders tell LGBT youth that they have no future. They can't serve our country openly. Oh my God, that was, that was Cindy McCain. That was John McCain's ridiculously hot lady friend. And it sounds like she's refuting Senator McCain's stance on Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the ban on gays serving openly in the military. Not that John McCain is completely closed-minded on the subject. The day that this, the, the leadership of the military comes to me and says, Senator, we ought to change the policy, then I think we ought to consider seriously changing it. Absolutely. For 10 years, the Straight Talk Express has just been waiting for a cue from military leadership to become just the Express. <laughs> and then last spring, the president announced he will work with Congress this year to repeal the law known as Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I fully support the president's decision. Allowing gays and lesbians to serve openly would be the right thing to do. That looked a lot like the military leadership. <laughs> Admiral Mullen was, as quote, speaking personally. Just this week, Commandant of the Marine Corps said that he did not want Don't Ask, Don't Tell repealed. Yeah, so, I mean, you got General Gates and Mullen, but, you know, what about General Halftrack or <laughs> Grievous or Lee? Still. Senator McCain, that's a pretty big lineup of military leadership. Time to start thinking about repeal, right? Unless there's another criterion you need to satisfy you. We are going to go through, hopefully, a year-long study that will hopefully also have the feelings of the men and women who are serving. Ah, right. The military leadership and a study. It's the maverick way. Spend a year studying whether soldiers deserve full civil rights and a half an hour deciding who will be your presidential running mate. All right. <laughs> McCain said that he wanted to do that study almost a year ago, and it's been almost a year. The Pentagon study on Don't Ask, Don't Tell shows that more than 70% of people in the military think that it would be okay to end the policy. So McCain, I guess we're good now. I will listen, as I've said for years, to our military leaders, and not a, not a study that is leaked. 
But the leadership already, and then the... Once we get this study, we need to have hearings and we need to examine it. And we need to look at whether it's the kind of study that we wanted. You were there when they proposed the study! You were sitting in the room with them! What kind of study did you want? I wanted a study to determine the effects of the repeal on battle effectiveness and morale. That was the title of the study! As for Cindy McCain, her PSA came out last Wednesday, and it took her all the way until Friday to declare at Twitter that she, while supporting the No Hate campaign, also stands by her husband's stance on Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Because she's against what Don't Ask, Don't Tell does, but she's for Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Boy, no wonder they have so many houses, they need them to keep all their different beliefs in them. <laughs> Honey, where's my immigration policy? Oh, the path to citizenship one is in Palm Springs. Nah, to finish the dang wall one. You left it at the beach house. <laughs> you know, as I see John McCain doing anything to keep Don't Ask, Don't Tell from being repealed, it's hard not to remember. Hello, Senator McCain. We know you're going through a tough time with this don't ask, don't tell thing. But trust us, it gets worse. Seriously, it's all downhill from here. The head of the military doesn't even agree with you. Your own wife doesn't agree with you. Your own wife? Holy shit. She's very attractive, but that is irrelevant to this discussion. But it gets worse. Because sooner or later, gay people are gonna wind up serving. And then 20 years later, they'll make the documentary about it. And you know how every documentary about some big social change has a bad guy? The guy who fought it tooth and nail long after it was obvious to everyone else what needed to be done? You know, the George Wallace character. That's gonna be you. Saying stuff like, black people don't belong in a white man's military. Or, I have no problem with Catholics. I just don't want one in the White House taking orders on a special Pope phone to Rome. Or a lady astronaut. But what about the Gazungas? Won't they get in the way? That'll be you. And the narrator will say something like, Senator John McCain fought the move every step of the way using increasingly obvious stalling tactics. Although they'll probably pick someone with a better voice than John's. Yeah, you know what, White? You can go f*** yourself. I'm just saying. Anyway, it'll be part of your legacy. It gets worse. It does get worse. It gets worser. You have no idea how much worse it gets. Now, an update on efforts to repeal the law that prevents gays from serving openly in the military. Congress passed Don't Ask, Don't Tell in 1993. Earlier this year, the House approved a repeal as part of a larger defense bill. That bill is stalled in the Senate. As NPR's David Wellner reports, the lame duck session of Congress that begins Monday could spell the fate of efforts to end Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Ever since President Obama was running for the White House, he's vowed that Don't Ask, Don't Tell would end on his watch. It hasn't yet, of course, and last week Mr. Obama looked to the upcoming lame duck session of Congress to help him make good on his promise. 
we need to provide certainty, and it's time for us to move this policy forward, and this should not be a partisan issue. But rolling back Don't Ask, Don't Tell has been a partisan issue. The amendment to repeal the policy got just one Republican vote in the Senate Armed Services Committee. And in September, when Democrats tried taking up the defense authorization bill, which included the repeal, it got blocked by a GOP filibuster. John McCain is the defense panel's top Republican. Here's what he said then. I do not oppose or support the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell at this time. I do oppose taking legislative action prior to the completion of a real and thorough review of the law. The Pentagon has, in fact, done a massive survey of service members and their spouses showing most favor a repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. The matter has also been studied by a Blue Ribbon Commission. Its report is due December 1st. That gives R. Clark Cooper some hope. He's the director of the pro-repeal group Log Cabin Republicans. At President Obama's behest, Cooper's been urging GOP senators and their staffs to let the defense authorization bill and its repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell come up for a vote once the Pentagon study is released. It'll enable them to come out and say, okay, I've been waiting for this study. I'm on record saying that I want to see the study done. And you know what? Sure enough, uh, it, it, it checks the box. It, it actually reports what we thought it would say. Open service is not an issue, so let's, let's vote yes on repeal. But a major obstacle could be John McCain. A spokeswoman for the Arizona Senators says he does not want the Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal provision to stay in the defense authorization bill. Carl Levin is the Democrat who chairs the Armed Services Committee. He told a local paper in Michigan yesterday that he wants the defense bill passed, and he also wants Don't Ask, Don't Tell repealed. But Levin added that he did not know whether both things could be accomplished in the lame duck session. Other senators fear the repeal could be taken out of the bill. I'm very concerned it might be stripped, and I'll tell you why I'm concerned. That's Colorado Democrat Mark Udall, who's also on the Armed Services Committee. Udall says despite Defense Secretary Robert Gates's call over the weekend for Don't Ask, Don't Tell to be repealed, it's not clear Republicans will let it come to a vote. So I uh, have joined with a number of other senators to call on the Senate leadership uh, and uh, others in the Senate to open the floor of the Senate to debate the National Defense Authorization Act and the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell that's included in it. The White House also opposes stripping the repeal from the defense measure. That larger bill has passed Congress every one of the last 48 years, and the lame duck session is its last chance for passage. With Republicans taking over the House, this could also be the last chance Democrats will have for some time to undo Don't Ask, Don't Tell. David Butler, NPR News, the Capitol. Pentagon's study of Don't Ask, Don't Tell should put an end to this ugly little chapter of discrimination within the military. 
when 70% of service people say that serving with openly gay or lesbian colleagues wouldn't be a problem, when the authors of the report say that concerns have been exaggerated and are not consistent with the reported experience of many service members, it's obvious that this embarrassing policy has no leg to stand on. Yet there are still some in the brass who are resisting, including the Marine Commandant, who clings to stereotypes and tries to uphold the supremacy of heterosexuality. And there are still some dinosaurs in the Senate, like John McCain and John Kyle, who will search for any reason to try to justify the continuation of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, a policy that's ruined the careers of more than 12,500 service people and forced thousands more to live a lie. But these dinosaurs can't be allowed to stomp on the rights of gays and lesbians any longer. President Obama and Defense Secretary Gates and the authors of this Pentagon report are to be commended for showing courage and decency in bringing this policy to an end, an end that cannot come too soon. If you are gay and you have served in our nation's armed forces, I have good news. The people you work with like you. One of the eye-popping details in the Don't Ask, Don't Tell report released by the Pentagon today is that 69% of service members who answered the survey said they had served alongside someone they believed was gay. That's a lot, 69%. Asked how they felt about that maybe gay person they served alongside. The proportion of service members who said their feelings about that person were neither good nor bad or good or very good was 92%. So if you are gay and you've served in the military, or weirdly if you're not gay but people in the military thought you were gay, uh, the good news is that your colleagues in the military like you. By a huge proportion, 92%, dude, good job. The bad news is you're fired anyway, or liable to be, just because you're gay. No matter how good you are at your job or what any of your colleagues in the military think about you. Because firing people for being gay is still the policy of the United States military. But maybe not for long. Today the military released results of the largest review they've ever done on any personnel issue in the history of the United States military. They were asked to assess the impact of repealing the don't ask, don't tell policy and to figure out the best way to repeal it if Congress decides it should be gotten rid of. They found that the risk of repealing don't ask, don't tell is low. They found that most members of the military don't give two hoots about the policy and those that do think they have hoots to give about it are in the minority and ultimately they'll be fine. I'm paraphrasing. The two co-chairs of the review, Jay Johnson, uh, Pentagon General Counsel, and General Carter Ham of the Army, went so far as to write this in the introduction to the report, the executive summary. They wrote, quote, we are both convinced that our military can do this. Even during this time of war, we do not underestimate the challenges in implementing a change in the law, but neither should we underestimate the ability of our extraordinarily dedicated servicemen and women to adapt to such change and continue to provide our nation with the military capability to accomplish any mission. If anyone cares what the military thinks about this policy, if anyone cares 
what the military thinks about the prospect of repealing this policy, it's done now. This report ends it. It is utterly unequivocal. The policy can be, re can be repealed. I mean, our military can do this. They've now reported what they need to do to implement repeal in a way that makes sense for the military. They've issued their recommendations on what needs to change in the military to accommodate gay people serving openly. Mostly what they say needs to change is nothing. Everybody abides by the same rules. Everybody abides by the same standards of conduct. Harassment and discrimination are not okay, just like they're not okay now. The only difference is you can't get fired just for being gay. It is an unequivocal report on the issue. The military, in short, says, not a problem. Senator Lindsey Graham, I do not support the idea of repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell before our military members and commanders complete their review. I'm open-minded to what the military may suggest. Senator Scott Brown, I believe we have a responsibility to the men and women of our armed forces to be thorough in our consideration of this issue and take their opinions seriously. I'm keeping an open mind, but I do not support moving ahead until the Pentagon completes its study. Senator John Ensign, Senator Ensign is waiting on the report from the Pentagon. Senator Olympia Snow, the question is whether we should be voting on this issue before we have the benefit of the comprehensive review that the Secretary of Defense ordered. Senator Mark Kirk, I think we should wait for the Joint Chief of staff to report. Senator George Voinovich, I believe it would be logical to wait for the Department of Defense to issue its report on Don't Ask, Don't Tell. All of these senators, all of these senators, the people with the power to decide this issue now, say they have been waiting to decide until this report came out. It is out now. And anyone waiting on this report, on this report to see if the military is giving the green light to repeal this policy, now has their green light. Seriously, it's green. Green means go. If word from the military is what you say you have been waiting for, this is as clear as that gets. If you have been waiting for the green light, it's green now. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Jess Levin. On Fox & Friends, Tucker Carlson mocked the idea that Don't Ask, Don't Tell has had a negative effect on our national security. The point we're, throwing, we're throwing soldiers out of the military right. because of the sexual orientation. I think we have to leave it at, if we allow, if we repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell, we'll have more Arabic translators? That, that's exactly right. Most we of them removed, are gay? We removed a number of gay soldiers who are Arabic translators. Most translators and we have, are gay. And we have a shortage. <laughs> yes. Excuse me, excuse me so. this is not a joke if you're a soldier right. who served our country loyally. But, According to news reports, the Army has discharged more than 59 gay Arabic linguists in the last six years. A GAO report in 2005 estimated the cost of Don't Ask, Don't Tell to be almost $200 million, just for recruitment and training of replacements. For months the cry was, wait for the Pentagon report. Today comes the Pentagon report, and guess what? The answer from 7 out of 10 members of the military about don't ask, don't tell is don't care. So tonight, our fourth story, now the Pentagon's message to Senate Republicans is this, repeal don't ask, don't tell by years end yourselves, or let those boogeymen of your imagination, the activist judges, do it for you. 70% of service members believe that a repeal will not affect the military's ability to get the job done, and 69% of those surveyed believe they've already served with somebody who is gay, and 30% predict negative effects of a repeal. The report, though, concludes that any fallout could be mitigated through effective leadership. Defense Secretary Gates and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Admiral Mullen, holding a joint news conference earlier to discuss the findings. 
in my perspective is uh, as uh, what I would call my certainly was my personal opinion is now my professional view uh, that this is a policy change uh, that we can make and we can do it uh, uh, in a relatively low low risk fashion. Both men also stressing the importance of having the repeal passed by Congress. Their argument about that legislative action would guarantee stability and allow the military time to implement the repeal in some sort of orderly way. If it's left up to the courts, chaos. It is only a matter of time before the federal courts are drawn once more into the fray. With the very real possibility that this change would be imposed immediately by judicial fiat. By far the most disruptive and damaging scenario I can imagine, and one of the most hazardous to military morale, readiness, and battlefield performance. Given the present circumstances, those that choose not to act legislatively are rolling the dice that this policy will not be abruptly overturned by the courts. And despite the Pentagon's call for repeal by year's end, the man who shouted, you lie, at the commander-in-chief during a joint session of Congress, Joe Wilson, believes that voting on repeal during the lame duck session would be, quote, highly irresponsible. But the House has already passed repeal. In a statement this afternoon, Mr. Obama is targeting the Senate, urging it to act as soon as possible so I can sign this repeal into law this year. Meanwhile, one of the policy's biggest proponents is currently in the process of carefully reviewing the Pentagon's report. Senator McCain, who was originally for the repeal in 2006, if military leaders were for it. But once the military leaders were for it, McCain wanted to wait for the study. Then before the findings of this study were even out, he asked for a do-over. Once we get this study, we need to have hearings and we need to examine it and we need to look at whether it's the kind of study that we wanted. It isn't in my view because I wanted a study to determine the effects of the repeal on battle effectiveness and morale. His most recent position, the policy is working, P.S. get off my lawn. It's called don't ask, don't tell, okay? If you don't ask somebody, we don't ask somebody, and they don't they tell, living. and it's an all-volunteer force, okay? And I understand your point of view, and I understand the point of view by the majority of the media, but the fact is this was a political promise made by an inexperienced president or candidate for presidency of the United States. The, the, uh, the military is at its highest point in recruitment and retention and professionalism and capability. So to somehow allege that this policy has been damaged in the military is simply false. So the fact is that this system is working. As long as you're a homophobe. Time now to call in the editorial director for The Stranger, syndicated columnist, co-founder of the It Gets Better Project, Dan Savage. Dan, good evening. Good evening, Keith. This study is more than just, as uh, Senator McCain implied, some sort of anecdotal evidence done by amateurs and outsiders. It's data directly from the people who are in the military. Why is that not enough for this Senator McCain? Because, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, McCain is a bigot. Mm. There's really no other explanation for his backflips and his hypocrisy than just irrational animus, which is the definition of bigotry. You know, the most important stat to come out of this study is that of the 70% of soldiers and uh, Marines and airmen who served alongside people that they knew to be gay or lesbian, 92% of those people who've already served with a gay or lesbian person in the armed forces are supportive of repeal and say they have no problem working alongside and serving alongside 
openly gay and lesbian soldiers. And for McCain now to want to wring his hands and say, oh, we need more studies, more time, uh, who's left to interview? The Spartans? Who's left <laughs> to interview about this process? It's time to repeal this thing. Uh, the idea behind uh, Secretary Gates and Admiral Mullen of saying, uh, uh, frame this as control versus chaos, legislative versus judicial, is that going to perhaps uh, give cover to those Republicans who've been opposing repeal and, and let them and get out of this with some sort of climb down? Perhaps. Perhaps a few Republicans will grab that fig leaf that, uh -huh. uh, that Secretary Gates held out, and let's hope they do. But we've already seen what happens when a federal judge ordered the immediate uh, suspension of DADT, and there was, a, I think, a week there where there were no suspensions and uh, no enforcement of DADT, and chaos did not break out. Uh, what's chaotic is really the implementation of DADT, and what's dangerous is DADT. We have a policy right now that requires people to lie about their sexual orientation and makes them potential blackmail targets. And, the, and gay and lesbian people are serving in silence and serving in secrecy at all levels of the military, and each and every one of them is potentially blackmailable uh, in, under DADT right now, which is another reason, for national security reasons, we need to repeal this thing immediately. I heard something extraordinary said on this network today by a guest who was opposed to gays, I guess, serving in the military outright. And she said there will be uh, zero tolerance for people who are objecting to the repeal and that that would mean that perhaps thousands of loyal, patriotic, courageous American service members would be expelled for no good reason for military service. Does that construction sound at all familiar to you? Yes, it does. And the same thing was said, you know, when it came to integrating the military racially. Mm -hmm. And the exact same thing was said more recently in the United Kingdom when they were de deciding whether or not to allow gays and lesbians to serve openly in the military. And people predicted chaos. People also predicted mass resignations and more difficulties in retaining soldiers. And none of that came to pass. And the, the UK military's leadership has described uh, implementing the end of their own don't ask, don't tell as the biggest non-issue ever yes. that the military confronted. That's just demagoguery and fear-mongering and really an insult to the professionalism of the soldiers who are currently serving. Mm -hmm. What that person is saying is that they can't follow orders and that they'll let their personal biases and hatreds uh, get the, get them in trouble, get them carried away. You know, you don't have to like everybody that you serve with in the military, approve of them or approve of their faith or their sexual orientation or anything else, but you do have to follow orders and serve alongside them and get along to get along. And our military can do that and our, our soldiers can do that. Ryan, here's your next quote. We have a gay guy in the unit. He's big, he's mean, and he kills lots of bad guys. No one cared that he was gay. That was a special ops fighter quoted in a Pentagon study issued this week about what? Uh, don't ask, don't tell. Right. The exhaustive report from the Pentagon found that most of the active military and their spouses don't care, really, about allowing gays to serve openly, and they wouldn't mind it if they did. The only resistance remaining to changing the policy comes uh, first from the Marine Corps. 
because there's nothing at all gay about really muscular guys with short hair and tattoos and a thing for travel. <laughs> and uh, more inexplicably, from Senator John McCain, nobody quite knows why Senator McCain is so doggedly against letting gays serve openly. Everybody knows that McCain served with gays himself during the siege of Troy. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what went on in those tents, you know? McCain uh, has been moving the goalposts on this issue for a long time. Uh, well, for a long time he said that he'd be okay with letting gays serve as long as the Pentagon said it was okay. Now they've said it's okay. McCain's like, fine, but what do the other shapes think? <laughs> what is it, what, is the triangle all right with this? You know the triangle's going to be fine with yeah, that. Yeah, I guess so. Not the square, though. It's a given. Yeah. <laughs> So let's presuppose for a moment that you actually enjoyed this show. Now, if that's true, please consider supporting it with a $5 monthly membership. I actually quit my job as a climate activist to pursue this show full-time because this is where I felt like my talents could best be put to use and I could have the biggest impact on the world. But I really need your support to keep going. I produce 10 shows a month of fearless coverage on all the hot-button issues we face, maintaining a rock-solid schedule posting shows at least every third day. So if all that is worth 5 bucks a month or as little as $55, a year, a little discount for you, please consider signing up for a membership at bestoftheleft.com. Members even receive bonus audio and video content on top of the rest that doesn't make it into the final cut of the show. So please, again, check out the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. Admiral uh, Mullen and uh, and uh, who's of course the head of the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff now, and Defense Secretary Robert Gates went in front of the Senate, and they were talking about "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." The Pentagon study on it has come out. Now, John McCain had said earlier, uh, "Look, if the you know the military leaders come and tell me that it's time for a repeal, then uh, we will do that." In fact, I've got the exact quote for you, so you're not mistaken about this. He said this in October of 2006. The day that leadership of the military comes to me and says, Senator, we ought to change the policy, then I think we ought to consider seriously changing it. Well, that day was today. <laughs> Mullen, Gates, the rest of the Pentagon coming and saying, we ought to change the policy. And what did John McCain say? Nope. Not buying it. So apparently he was totally lying in 2006. So he went to his bag of excuses. First, he had said, oh, the study's not out. Then the study came out, and it showed that 70% of the troops don't mind at all if we repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Because he was saying, oh, no, we got to consider the troops, etc. I'm going to wait for the study. Okay, that's check. Military leaders coming and telling you to repeal it. Check. And he says about, oh, military cohesion. It's really going to hurt that. Well, here's how the Associated Press reported uh, that challenge uh, and how it was received by Admiral Mullen. Quote, McCain's statement was directly challenged by Defense Secretary Robert Gates and Admiral Mike Mullen, the military's top uniformed officer who chairs the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Repeal of the law will not prove unacceptable risk to military readiness, Mullen told the Senate Armed Services Committee. Quote, unit cohesion will not suffer if our units are well led and fa families will not encourage their loved ones to leave the service in droves. So in other words, no. You're wrong, Senator McCain. The military leadership thinks you're wrong. 
the great majority of the military itself thinks you're wrong, it's time to repeal it. Then McCain says, well, oh yeah, but we're in the middle of two wars, and this is not the time to change it. Mullen then says that, uh, in fact, Congress should act before the courts do, and the wartime is the ideal time for a repeal, because, quote, war does not stifle change, it demands it. It does not make it harder, it facilitates it. He said, in other words, look, I need those translators that we kicked out of the army because they were gay. I need that guy, I need this guy. We need as many hands on deck as we can possibly get because we're in the middle of two wars. So there goes McCain's third or fourth nonsense argument. So then he goes to, oh, you know what? Uh, I don't believe your study. He says, you only polled 28% of the military. If you know anything about polling, that is the most absurd thing you could possibly say. Polling 28% of the military is gigantic. I'm not sure there's ever been a larger poll that I've ever heard of. To give you a sense of the numbers, they solicited 300,000 service members, and they got 115,000 responses. If that weren't enough, they also got 44,000 responses from the service members' spouses. This poll was gigantic. Now the thing is, you might not know how polling works because you're not in that business, but John McCain's a politician. He knows exactly how polling works. That's part and parcel of being in politics. He knows polls can be perfectly sufficient with well under 1% of the people being polled. And then if you've got a population where 28% are polled, that is probably the most reliable poll you're ever going to get in your entire life. He knows that. He's just run out of excuses. So he's just coming and going, oh, well, I don't know, I'm a cohesion military leaders, polling's bad. Uh, uh. Why? Because he doesn't want gays in the military. doesn't matter what the military leaders want, doesn't matter what the troops want, it's a matter of what Senator McCain wants. It's gotten so bad that even Joe Lieberman, who loves McCain, is on the opposite side of this and saying, oh, Senator McCain, come on, the polling is clear on this. If you've lost Lieberman, McCain, you are way out there on the right. And my God, man, it's McCain and Graham at this point basically holding this thing up. You've lost. It's over. You know, in, in your best case scenario, you convince the other Republicans to do obstruction and you obstruct it for another, what, six months? Another two years? But it's over, man. You lost the people. You don't like gays. You don't want them to serve in the military. But the military is now saying, no, we have no problems with people serving with us. In fact, when they asked, and this is how specific the, uh, the polling got for, that the Pentagon did, when they asked people who know that they have served with gay service members, was there any problem? 92% said no, there was absolutely no problem and everything was totally fine. John McCain, you're not going to change all their opinions. You're not going to get them to hate gays like you do. Too bad, you lost, okay? And we're going to have that progress. So you can sit there with your curmudgeon old ass and go, ah, no, I don't want gays in the military. I don't want gays. But the steamroller of history will roll over you. But today, John McCain continued his obstruction no matter how much evidence was in and no matter what he said in 2006, which he is now directly contradicting. I guess if you're a Republican, you don't care much about that these days.
After nine months of study, I am convinced that if the law changes, the United States military can do this, even in a time of war. Our basic assessment is that our military can make this change. Now that we have completed this review, I strongly urge the Senate to pass this legislation and send it to the President for signature before the end of the year. I came to this conclusion not only as a co-chair of the Department of Defense Review, but perhaps more importantly as the commander of U.S. Army Forces in Europe. I was cognizant every day of this review that I might have to actually lead the changes including in our report. As a serving commander, I'm confident that if this law changes, I and the leaders with whom I serve can do just that. Admiral Mullen, what has led to your change in thinking, if you could share with the committee just a, a bit about supporting policy change? Well, um, I mean, fundamentally for, for me, Senator Graham, it has, it has been the issue, uh, this mismatch of an institution that I've been raised in my whole life that values integrity um, in many ways uh, across everything we do and then we've got a uh, thousands of men and women who were willing to die for their country that that we ask them to lie about who they are every single day um, and that and I did I mean I just fundamentally think that is wrong I understand and I and I worry Senator Graham that it is corrosive over time. It's not one of these things that's going to, you know, light switch isn't going to go and it's going to be a disaster, but it is corrosive over time. And it is particularly during a time of war where we are focused so heavily on our combat mission uh, that the, it, it undermines in ways our ability to do what we need to do because of the people side of this, because of the leadership focus it, take, it takes, etc. And that's fundamentally what's led me to the to the to my beliefs or uh, and conclusions with respect to where we are. In all likelihood, there were gay Americans serving at Valley Forge. There were gay Americans at Gettysburg. There were gay Americans on Normandy Beach. There are gay Americans that serving in Iraq and Afghanistan today. In all likelihood, that's probably true, wouldn't you say? Mr. I think it's a very reasonable assumption. There are probably gay Americans buried at Arlington Cemetery and in Normandy Beach, where I took my young sons a couple years ago. One of the most inspiring things you can possibly see. Uh, those rows of crosses and uh, the fl American flag uh, flying in the breeze, people who laid down their lives for our country. There are probably gay Americans buried there, aren't there? I, I think it would be a reasonable assumption. How do we say to them or to their families that we've honored their sacrifice, uh, laying down their life, and yet if we knew who they were, not only would they not be buried there, they would have been drummed out of the armed forces? Senator, Senator, my response to that would be based on the oath that we took, that all of us in uniform take, and that is that we support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That means we follow the law, and so we have to do that. This is the second time that I have dealt with this issue as a leader in public life. The prior case being at CIA in 1992, when as director I ordered that openly gay applicants be treated like all other applicants. That is whether as individuals they met our competitive standards. There are uh, elements in the CIA who perform functions that uh, are pretty similar to military functions, are there not? Yes, sir, some. Um, have you heard of any unforeseen <coughs> circumstances uh, based on your decision in those units, taking place in those units? Not one. 
we're on the front lines of, of a turning point in American history. We have these in every generation. This country from the beginning was defined not by its borders, but by our values. The Declaration of Independence says, you know, we're all endowed by God with those equal rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And every generation has realized those rights better because they weren't realized at the beginning in 1776 for women, for people of color, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, in our time, one of the great transitions occurring is uh, the, the growing uh, readiness and understanding among the American people that you, you simply, it's just wrong and un-American to discriminate against people based on their sexual orientation. To me, the issue uh, seems to be uh, not whether to allow gays to serve in the military, but whether to allow them to serve openly. Uh, but permitting them to serve, but not openly, undermines the basic values of the military, honesty, integrity, and trust. And when that's undermined anywhere, it's undermined everywhere. Um, it also seems uh, that um, our military is expected to say, I don't want to lie, but you won't let me tell the truth. Uh, how do we square this circle? I think, Senator Nelson, I mean, you've hit at the core, from my perspective, you've hit at the, the core issue, and I, I can't square the circle. Um, and um, certainly, uh, historically, have not been able to. Uh, and I think it is your comment about, you know, it, it, if it exists anywhere, it exists everywhere, and that's been the case uh, with respect to gay and lesbian service. Um, for my whole career, uh, including uh, under this law. Uh, and I think it does fundamentally undermine who we are uh, because we're an institution that is so, so significantly founded and based on integrity. So I can't square it. Since this time, my, my years in the military, and, and since being in this position, I've had the opportunity to visit Walter Reed. And, uh, you know, I've, I still can't get out of my mind the one time I saw a soldier who lost both his legs, lost an arm, and lost most of another arm, doing crunches, you know, to try to get his his mid his torso strength strengthened enough so he could still have a, a viable, you know, and fulfilling life, and uh, seeing many other injured men and women, you know, who have not only given their lives, their limbs, but their lives, and and I've been to many funerals, unfortunately, uh, in my home state for those soldiers. And one thing I never asked was, are they are they gay or straight? It never even crossed my mind, to be honest with you. I just wanted to know if they, if they gave their limb or their life, you know, with pride and, and, and with honor for our country. War does not stifle change, it demands it. It does not make change harder, it facilitates it. I do not believe the stressors currently manifesting themselves in the lives of our troops and their families, lengthy deployments, suicides, and health care, are rendered insurmountable or any graver by this single policy change. Nor do I believe that simply acknowledging what most of our troops already know to be true about some of their colleagues threatens our ability to fight and win this nation's wars. Quite the contrary. Today's young leaders are more attuned to combat effectiveness than any of the last three decades. Tempered by war, bonded through hardship, the men and women of the United States Armed Forces are the finest and most capable they have ever been. 
if there is a better opportunity or a better generation to affect this sort of change, I don't know of it. It is true that as chairman, I am not in charge of troops, but I've commanded three ships, a carrier battle group, and two fleets. And I was most recently a service chief myself. For more than 40 years, I've made decisions that affected and even risked the lives of young men and women. You, you do not have to agree with me on this issue, but don't think for one moment that I haven't carefully considered the impact of the advice I give on those who will have to live with the decisions that that advice informs. I would not recommend repeal of this law if I did not believe in my soul that it was the right thing to do for our military, for our nation, and for our collective honor. This is Ari in Zachville again. I don't know if um, you just remember someone was commenting on my comment. I don't even know if I should comment on his comment. Um, the fact that uh, I was talking about education and I kind of sound like a hypocrite because I want to support education and I want to believe in it, but the system's not working in my favor, so I end up having to be like a corporatist, you know, goon where I have to just be a slave to the, the, the company and take money from. Uh, a company that I don't even, you know, like. Um, I, I wish the system was different. I wish that I could get into education and we could all be educated in the, the things that we want, like, uh, you know, arts and uh, politics or whatever is your interest, and that could be, you know, accessible to everyone, but it's not. And I'll have $40,000 to throw away in student loans. I don't have the time. I have to work so many 60 hours a week and all this stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, sure, I kind of sound like a hypocrite, but, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's a comment on the whole Amazon thing, because I kind of thought this kind of tied into it, because, yeah, I, I would like to just quit my job. I mean, if I stick to my principles, I would say, I should quit my job, and, Jay, we shouldn't take money from anybody that is not, you know, in step with the political views of the show. But that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because this is just not the world that we live in. I mean, we, we have not un unbiased. I don't think Amazon's biased. They're not political. They're they're supportive. I mean, I can speak out against my company, um, PG&E. You know, they. Did you guys see Aaron Brockovich? See all the people? Did you see just recently in San Bruno, fifty houses blew up, eight people died. I mean, yeah, it's terrible stuff. I don't like it. I don't like what's going on. But they employ me, and I support this show, and I support other stuff. So I thank Amazon for not telling Jay what he can and can't say, and allowing him to, you know, support uh, Amazon by. Know, also endorsing it, but also at the same time encouraging others to, if they want to speak out, speak out. So I, I think it's great, and uh, I wouldn't change anything until they tell you that, uh, that you can't say what you want to say. And then I think that's a whole other, whole other story. So, anyways, keep up the good work, dude. Love the show. Bye. Hi, Jay. This is Linda calling from Southern California. Uh, as far as the holiday charity for um, for your listeners, um, perhaps they should consider the ACLU, either their local chapter, there are chapters in all 50 states, or the national uh, ACLU in New York. Um, I think a lot of us thought that once Bush was out of office and Obama uh, was in charge, that many of our civil liberties issues um, would be restored, uh, many of our civil rights 
um, that had been taken away would be restored. And as we all know, that hasn't been the case. And uh, the ACLU is the only organization fighting on a national level for things like wireless wiretapping, um, uh, national security, Guantanamo. And in addition, uh, they fight on a local level for reproductive rights, LGBT issues. There's really not a better all-around uh, progressive group uh, that's been around for a long time. Um, and I don't know if your listeners know, but they're uh, not government-funded in any way and 100% dependent on donations um, and on attorney's fees uh, when they're successful in court. So but certainly use... Um, donations to keep the organization afloat, especially in tough economic times when many chapters have faced layoffs. Um, thanks for uh, another great week of shows. Um, always great uh, hearing everything that you have put together for us. Take care. Bye. Hi, Jay. My name is Lara. I live outside of Philly with my beautiful husband and kids. Just want to let you know how much we enjoy the show. I personally had no idea that there are so many progressive pundits other than Keith Overman and Rachel Maddow that actually have shows out there. For several years now, we've been supporters of different non-corporate controlled media news programs like Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman and Counterspin from the fine people at FAIR, which of course you, you play clips from Counterspin regularly. But I want to let you and your listeners know of another great progressive independent news show that is facing a great financial crisis right now, and they will be—they will have to quit broadcasting later this month if they don't raise the money and fast. Uh, Free Speech Radio News is the name of the show. It's a great half-hour uh, newscast that's uh, aired Monday through Friday. That really, in my opinion, gives a voice to some of the voiceless people out there in this world, which I think is the job of the media. Um, I know they've educated me greatly on several different issues throughout the years that I otherwise never would have been aware of, and I think it would be a real shame for this show to go under. So hopefully some of your listeners will go to fsnr.org and try to keep this really important, independent, and progressive voice of the voiceless from going under. So um, thanks again for all you do. Love the show. Take care. Thanks. Hey, Brother Jay, this is BC Ben. I uh, just wanted to thank you. Uh, when I called uh, with a donation, I wasn't even thinking about what I could get out of my giving. You know, for me, expecting something in return for doing something one feels is right uh, only taints the gift. Regardless, thank you for the privilege of being your first Satanist. Uh, like I said on the phone before, I, I think it's important to have as many new voices out there in the new media as possible. Being an old uh, radical leftist, I, I feel strongly enough about the decay in the corporate media and their lack of substantive coverage of what matters that I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and support the free market new media. My activist call to action is for your listeners to learn what net neutrality is and what it will mean to podcast listeners and then for them to call, write, and email every one of their state and federally elected officials and tell them that you support uh, net neutrality. Uh, once again, buddy, thanks a lot. I really appreciate uh, the membership status. Take care, buddy. 
Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called in to leave a voicemail on the message line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, activist call to action, or suggest charity people should be donating to this holiday season, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. And I wanted to mention a couple of other charities that people have written into me uh, wanting me to suggest uh, people... Uh, should donate to animal charities uh, based on one recommendation I received uh, because they are generally overlooked. And another friend wrote in saying that people should donate blood because it's free. So you can actually donate something, but it doesn't cost you anything. And then you get like a cookie at the end. So it's kind of awesome. Now, I'm not going to talk about the WikiLeaks controversy. I've done that for two days. I said I probably wouldn't do it again, and that's true. Uh, I do want to talk about Amazon, though, because this whole conversation has brought uh, something back up that's been in the back of my head for a long time, uh, ever since I started the Amazon promotion about a year ago. And what I've been thinking basically the, the whole time is I'm I'm really not big on consumerism. I really don't like... Uh, as you know, the amount that people shop and the the amount of stuff people buy, and so I don't really like the idea of being a part of uh, endorsing shopping. Um, the idea with the Amazon deal is, I figure, well, people are going to do it anyways. So if they're going to do it anyways, well, then do it in a way that I can get a cut. Um, but I've always thought that I should have a better ad, and I just never took the time to like sit down and really structure an ad that said exactly what I wanted it to say. I just kind of uh, gave like the bare bones idea of, uh, of what the promotion was all about and how it worked. Um, well, today I sat down and kind of in response to the WikiLeaks thing, um, I, I've, uh, I've created a new ad that I think will satisfy everyone. And by satisfy, I mean, I could mean, uh, you know, irritate, enrage, puzzle, confuse, uh, you know, depending on how well you get the joke. So here's the new Amazon ad. As an anti-consumerism advocate, I'd like to encourage you to shop less, don't buy things you don't need, and only buy the necessities from local, independently owned businesses. That said, if you don't take this good advice, then at least there's a way to shop that helps support this show at the same time. Simply click through to Amazon.com, just one of the major companies under constant boycott by one liberal cause or another, from the banner posted at bestoftheleft.com. Better yet, click through just once and bookmark that link to use every time you shop. Your shopping experience will be identical to normal, it will cost you nothing extra, but 7 to 8% of the cost of your order in soulless corporate blood money will be siphoned off and used to tremendously support the production of this show. Thanks for doing the right thing, whatever you consider that to be. So there you go. I think that uh, issue is almost certainly put to rest. I can't imagine getting any comments about that going forward. Um, second issue of the day, we're having more fun. Uh, I'm very excited to announce that, uh, well, first of all, for those of you who've been listening for a long time, you'll hear me say this every once in a while, that I am notoriously behind the times on just about everything I do. It, I mean, like how I just created a new Amazon ad that I've been meaning to do for a year. Well, I've kind of been uh, procrastinating for at least a year, uh, maybe a year and a half on naming the levels of membership for the show. And so just to give you an idea, like the Young Turks have a membership program. Uh, the Young Turks, of course, are rebel headquarters. So their membership program is uh, military, lieutenants, uh, you know, sergeants, generals, that sort of thing. So I put out the question on Facebook saying, um, I would love to have some fun names for my members. Um, what should it be? What should my theme be, basically? And what we ended up coming up with 
is the Lukowski scale, named for its creator, Chris Lukowski. And the concept, I guess, is uh, is using the words that those on the right would use derisively against us and empowering them for our uh, own purposes. So now memberships uh, henceforth will be known as, uh, going up the scale, leftists, socialists, communists, Satanists, and George Soros. Because obviously there's you know, nothing worse a person could be called uh, than George Soros. So that's the new scale, and that explains uh, what you heard in, uh, in in the last voicemail of the day from BC Ben, who uh, made a donation recently and then was surprised to be informed that he was the show's very first Satanist of all time. So basically, I think that's fun uh, and hope you guys enjoy it. Now, of course, just to thank a couple of members, David C. The Leftist signed up for his monthly membership back on August 28th, and Thomas M. The Socialist signed up for his yearly membership uh, on September 30th. So huge thanks to David Thomas and all of the members, whether they be leftist, socialist, communist, Satanist, uh, and no one's George Soros yet, so, um, so no need to thank him. I also want to thank volunteers today. I don't remember to thank them in every single episode, but I certainly appreciate them in every single episode. They uh, gather all sorts of clips uh, for the show, which is a huge, huge help. Uh, they're helping out with the website, graphic design, uh, and, you know, a variety of other things. And, uh, and so I just really, really appreciate you guys. You all know who you are. Of course, I want to encourage everyone to support the show in one of the easiest and most effective ways you can, just by telling everyone you know about it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. I'm sure by now Randy Gonzalez is sick and tired of being told everything uh, under the sun, so you can leave him out this time. You can stay tuned into the show between episodes and help spread the word to your friends online by joining up with us on Twitter and Facebook. You can get details about the show, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode. All that stuff is always linked up in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you 10 times a month. Thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Black and white, you took a picture that wasn't right. 